Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ and Vaya. Let's get the neighbors. Hello. This is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We hash out the events on Ramsey Street. Our Neighbours, the Aussie soap opera. We do that as a form of self-care. I'm Vaya, CJ's here, hot mess mum. Hello. Hello. Kate, how are you going? I'm pretty good. Excellent. We are going to jump into the suite of episodes that aired Monday, the 26th of Feb, beginning episode 8996 and into a new month and then we're into next week episode 9000 yeah we're starting next monday it's going to be yeah that's exciting also the the 8999th happened on the 29th on like the leap year day oh yeah yeah Yeah, so it was all very you know they didn't mention the leap year on um on the apps yeah did they not have a young girl that could propose (laughs) to a young man because that's the I only mean, story. I, I mean, Ho-Ho would have done it in a pinch. I told oh. Baby Madge about that tradition. She was she horrified? No, she was ex- so excited and dropped to her knee in front of Baby um, baby Harold. Oh, beautiful. Oh. Very and soap then, opera of them. But then he dropped to his knee as well and tried to propose to her and me. So that's what's going on in our house. It's lovely. It's very Robinson siblings of you. Yeah. Did Ho-Ho, like Ho-Ho was going to propose something. Maybe that was like the 29th reference. Well, I am thrilled with what Ho-Ho and Co have been up to this week. They were my standouts. I'm going to jump straight in. Yeah, they, they were my favourites this week and I'll, we'll get to them shortly but we'll start on the Monday because there's some important information underfoot on Monday. There's some, uh, some, someone, new, a, a new, someone new to meet mm. in the Rodwell department and that is the brother from another mother possibly uh, of Sarge, Sarge's brother, Felix Rodwell, the, as we knew, as we found out the week before, incarcerated individual. We, yes. Again, we heard about his incarceration this week as well. Yeah, tangentially related to a robbery somehow, which reminded me a lot of a few people's crimes lately on Neighbours, you know, like Melanie holding the bag of drugs. Well, also, yeah, well, it wasn't a violent crime by the by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's one of those I mean, one of those gentle robberies. Yeah, I mean robberies are pretty violent, but it wasn't murder. Yeah, it was just a bit of break and enter, I guess. I mean, Kate thought it might be human trafficking. He was very clean cut for someone who's done a little stint in the big house. Yeah, I mean, look, he's holding on to lots of things in that house, including his good looks. That Warrenor prison has held a lot of inmates, mm. and I, there's actually a page about it on the Perfect Blend. First neighbour that we know who went there was actually Dr. Darcy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I, I do they do any co-ed activities with the sister prison? I mean, I think that's only existed on the set of Prisoner. <laughs> they did have a, a co-ed um, storyline on Prisoner. Cute. Like a dance disco? I'm joking. No, I'm just, what was it? I can't remember. I think maybe maybe there was a fire at the women's prison. And they had to go over and move to the men's prison or, so, or vice versa, one of the two. That did happen. But, but at, they at, um, did like, they found ways to meet up. Oh, I think you're right. It was somebody, it was neighbours related. The, maybe it was Tom Oliver, you know, I don't know. But I, I feel like it was neighbours actors who were like, whether it was Colette Mann and another neighbours <laughs> dude who was in the romance. Um, that did actually happen at Pentridge. Nice. The, the women had to stay there for a period of time after a fire, so. 
Ripped straight out of the headlines, that one. So we're going to get down to the prison. It's been a while. Um, I feel like a prison visit is as common as a hospital visit yeah. in Erinsborough. And it could be the same one, really. I mean, RIP David, but like oh, doctors do crimes. RIP, and Darcy. RIP David. And do you know who's um, best on ground this week is the the fake Twitter profiles, <laughs> the fictional profiles for some of these characters and Dave. What what is what is it still called like David it's, Tanaka? It's Dr. David Tanaka. Uh-huh. For anyone this is this is the this week, this post. For anyone who may not have heard the tragic news, David is dead. Today was his funeral. The family, thank you for all your condolences. David's husband Aaron asked me to post on his accounts in case there was anyone we hadn't yet reached. David will be forever missed, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a graphic knock up flyer from the like the order of service. It, Nice touch. And then we had um, a few people responded, like the handy woman, Amy, and um, Mark Brennan's was my favourite. What a community. Here we go. <laughs> so good. Did Trab? Uh, possibly, but I haven't, haven't mm. gone, I haven't done a deep dive. Mark Brennan, the fun Mark Brennan is the profile. I sent Aaron flowers, I think. I left a $50 note on the kitchen counter for Paige to, send, to get some, so fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would have. She's, yeah. she's a classy lady. It, that image is so perfectly them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I left 50 bucks on the counter for my wife to do it yeah girlfriend. <sighs> okay um isn't it wonderful that that character can live on without that actor it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful um but it has been mentioned I saw on some neighbors groups that like god where is Mark Brennan at the moment like Chloe's on a honeymoon but, like, come on, Aaron could use some support from, like, family, something. And so he, he had gone missing. He'd gone off off the grid for a few yeah, days. Went down the Great Ocean Road. Yeah. Just driving. Just driving. Yeah. So, he, you know, he doesn't have to think about anything but the road and yeah, the 12 apostles. Certainly not looking after his child. No. Maybe he should have kept driving to South Australia and stayed. Yeah, because the him. family were ringing. They said, we called Adelaide. You're not there. Like, well... Did you ask Adelaide why they didn't come here? Yeah. I wanted to know that. Could have come to the funeral. Maybe they felt Aaron wasn't involved enough when Faye died. He was right there with Chloe, the two of them. Yeah, but they had already had um, carers burn out. Oh, they did. They're still shut off. Yeah, they're like, screw you, mate. Mm. You deserve to have a trauma. Mm. <laughs> now, we... now, that sounds like Mark Brennan. Now, friends of the pod, Nabens pointed out that this podcast mentioned adoption last week. I mean, it, Kate says, look, it's not really Kate Stradamus a week out from oh, the event. No, no, I just said that my Kate Stradamus is getting to be more short range <laughs> than it used to be. <laughs> but also I believe it was a group effort, this one, because I think Kate said adoption, like the Rodwell brothers maybe aren't blood relatives for the DNA test to have not come through for, fear, for JJ and – did you say something else, CJ? Well, so Kate said the adoption, which is the key part, but I'm going to take one part mm-hmm. of it as mine because obviously I just took like a feather off her <laughs> hat, really. But I suggest that maybe it's not the bad brother that's adopted, it's the good one. Yeah. Which is Again, know, against mm. type. Yeah. Yeah. But Let's just say they're both very attractive men. Yeah. But one of them looks the prison. Lot- the prison's happy to have them both there for a visit. Tell you that. Mm-hmm. One of them looks a lot more like JJ, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. This is okay. I don't like to talk about Twitter because it's it's a cesspit, right? But 
the reason it still hangs on for dear life is that there's still nuggets of gold in there, right? And it gives me joy. Nay comment, the Felix story felt so rushed today, it was as if Andrew had been reading Inside Soap magazine and was keen to dish out spoilers before the audience had even had a chance to speculate. (laughs) Neighbours nerd, you know what's annoying? They clearly cast Felix to look like JJ, but at no point have any of the Rodwells thought, damn, this new neighbour of ours looks like Felix. So they moved into the street, saw him, and no one went, that looks like your brother, mate. Even when they were questioning who his father was, Mm. you think he would have gone, Shit, he does look a lot like my brother. Yeah. Yeah. And then w- at what point did he read the diary? Like we've had it pointed out to us so many times. No, no, the torn out pages. To- the the um, specific torn out pages yeah. are the ones yeah. that were sent to um, Felix by Philip In this prison. So the um, when Cara came up with the story to everyone, the story being that her very good friend Philippa was keen to have a baby, was collecting sperm and then decided against it slash the sperm she agreed upon. It almost feels like Philippa knew she was dying. Oh, I think she was. I think this oh. is from her hospital bed. She's like, all right, well, I'll send this to um, yeah. Sarge. Yeah. And, oh, I better rip these bits out and I'll just send it to old mate in prison. Yeah. But are you saying, CJ's but saying. I, I can, she's got like main character syndrome. She's like, oh, he'll be interested in this part. I mean, <laughs> he would be. <laughs> Mm. You have a kid, mate. But is but, the Sarge interested in the rest of it, though? Like, why would he be? But CJ's point is that was she dying when she was going around collecting sperm, going, oh, maybe I don't want to have a kid, I think no, I'm going to No, 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 she wasn't because I've got – I took screenshots of okay. the letter she sent to Uncle Fee. So 11th of the 5th, 2007. Yeah. Let's take ourselves back there. What were you doing in 2007? I was working at a commercial radio station, thinking I was living the dream. I was designing children's socks. <laughs> uh, I was working at my family business and writing a thesis. Wow. So, okay, Philippa. So, dot, 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 major regrets. I kind of feel terrible about not coming clean to Kara about where that sperm came from. Because she's like, hey, Kara, here, I've got some spare sperm. Hmm. Do you want it? Because whiz bang's going to fall through from America or might fall through. I can't get this whiz bang American sperm. We haven't really got the reason why. Uh, and Dex is, is whiz bang. Yeah. They haven't said what the goal is with Dex. Okay. Right. okay, hang on though. After the whole drama, okay, so I've lost the last word in the line, so I'm making them up here. After the whole drama with Andrew giving me his, his then taking it back. What? Ew, taking it back. Did he like- taking back his word. I'm, oh yes, that's his word. His word. Well, I can take, took back his juice. Because he said, you've got to destroy it, Philip. Right, mm-hmm. I don't want to, and I still love, love, love Wendy. I mean, who does that, really? Using this is Kate Bean. Oh, sorry. Philippa. Yeah. Using Felix's sperm felt a bit weird. But I didn't want to waste it. And Kara's so desperate. Don't want to waste Whatever. it. Whatever. <laughs> oh okay, God. so that's one page we saw. So, And in the meantime, um, Andrew has tried to piece together. He's been solving real life mysteries and crimes. He's yeah. forgotten that he's got a family one to solve. He might get a promotion oh, to be detective soon. This might be from a previous page. But the best thing that happened was Felix Rodwell, dot, dot, dot. He came up to me late in the night and said he'd be happy to give me his sperm. I am so freaking happy. Yes, he's a lot younger than Andrew. Brackets, my first choice. But who cares? Sperm is sperm. My baby dream is alive and well. So now I have a donor. Time to sober up and get super healthy. Maybe start taking folate tablets. Sober up jumped out at me there. 
What's going on, Philippa? Mm. And I've got a judgmental face on right now. <laughs> but I look, I'm assuming that it wasn't a fresh sample at whatever the local nightclub was out there. Like I assume he's like, oh, mate, I'll give you images. And oh. I'm guessing Felix, so Sarge was like in his mid-20s, or not even, but yeah, like mid-20s. Is, is Felix like 18, 19, giving this woman his Maybe sperm? Maybe he was like 16 with a fake, <gasps> fake ID or something. Either way, I think it's a really good situation that Philippa gave the sample to Kara instead of keeping it for herself because <laughs> she sounds like a pretty bad mum already. Why didn't you have to give it to anyone, Philippa? What's I can't believe this off-screen character has has done so much puppet string work. Yeah. We don't even know what she looks like. And I've got no reference for Philippa. There was a photo of her from the photo album. Oh, that's right. Sorry. She looked like a mid-aughts, halter neck-wearing blonde. Yeah. Good time, gal. I think that's the thing. Like it's like she's got like um, food waste vibes with sperm, like couldn't possibly just (laughs) let it go. You don't have to use it. He's gone to all this trouble. Yeah, I mean he he just in a cup. Sperm um, is sperm. Maybe maybe Felix was all like, "Oh, might get a bit of action here," and yeah. then she's like, "No, no, no." I meant a different way. Yeah, plausible. Pop off to the bathroom, Felix. So, because when I read that, when did Philippa die? Um, I'm guessing in the the twenty teens. Maybe not in the last couple of years, but maybe like seven years ago or something, five or seven years ago, I would say. I thought it was actually not long before they came to Erinsborough. Oh, because the diary showed up. Yeah, the diary showed up and that's when Old Mate became interested in it and started doing his detective work, which is what got them to Erinsborough. And also okay. um, if Uncle Felix got the letter while he was in prison, it would have to have been within the time he was in the prison. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking okay. because there was a date at the top of it and and some of it just evaded me mm. in why, why he mm. had it. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought like Philippa had died ages ago. That's what I thought. But she didn't just send it. He was pulling it out of his pocket like he keeps it close to the breast. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he didn't just get the letter but she so she sent these missing diary pages. She'd oh. torn them out and sent them to Felix to say, just filling in a bit of your backstory here. Yeah. Uh, you've got an heir. Uh, and see you later. I'm not long for this world. Bye. Um, good luck. And that, that yeah. would be a real um, blast from the past, wouldn't it? Where you go, oh, okay. Now I'm old and I'm in prison, and uh, yeah, maybe I made a bit of a foolish choice 15 years ago. There'd be a bunch of uni students out there that would have been like, oh yeah, I'll donate. Whatever. Who cares? And then <laughs> um, be, uh, yes, it, uh, it confused me because like. Because I was thinking, because Andrew hasn't spoken to him since he's been incarcerated. That's been mentioned several mm-hmm. times. And so it, she must have died when he was in there. But it was very weird that he's carrying it around. It is. I guess if you're in the one uniform, you have the same stuff in your pockets. But the reason that Sarge goes to the prison is because, well, number one, Felix is up for parole. Mm. And Sarge is saying to Wendy, well, you know, he'll need somewhere responsible to stay and I'm a cop so that'll look good for him should we take him in and Wendy's like... Equally, it'll look bad for Sarge. (laughs) Well, no, mate, there's halfway houses exist. Swings and roundabouts. Um, I love how Wendy's got a project. She's like... She bought sheets. She did. She to ask what colour sheets to buy him. I appreciated that. I was like, it made me go, maybe I need to refresh our sheets. If I... my husband had an incarcerated brother who was coming to stay. He'd get the sheets I gave him. 
Yeah, exactly. You'd be yeah. like, oh, well, you get our old sheets. The ones at the back of the wardrobe that I haven't rotated through in a while. Yeah. Mind you, that house has a shit ton of bedrooms. Ooh, it does. They probably don't have enough sheets to cover all and of them. And remember, Sheila ran an Airbnb in that joint for a while mm. at the back. He's going to love the murder tub. Also, it's niggling away at Sarge that um, they thought they'd squared away all that paternity stuff with JJ, but he pops up to his brother for a little chat and he goes, remember that time Remember that time that uh, my friend Philippa um, was after your sperm? <laughs> do you remember? He's mm. like, oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't do it, did you? Nah. 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 And he was like, it's fine, she died. Nah, just because possible kid, possible son mm-hmm. sniffing around, wanting to know who his dad is. He's like, oh, so tell me more about this lesbian couple next door. And when the what sar- a weirdo. <laughs> and there's this moment where the Sarge is like, it's going to be great. You're going to be set, catching up with Wendy and Sadie again and you, I can't wait for you to meet, see everybody and meet the neighbours. Oh, mate. Imagine if your neighbour came up to you and said, hey, my brother's just getting out of prison. I can't <laughs> wait to introduce you to him. He's a good guy. You just got him with the wrong crowd. They've mentioned that a few times too. At what point do you... Do you become part of the wrong crowd, though? Like where you are, maybe it was he was the wrong crowd for them. Mm. I this is why we need Carl and Susan together because they'd be like Carl would be like, "Did you hear that the Rodwells have taken mm. in someone from prison?" Oh, but you know their nephew used to yeah. be in that prison. Yeah, true, and Mal Mal almost was there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. David was there. Oh, well, that's a good point. Didn't end well for him, did it? Paul. Paul and the Apple Gang. Mm. Maybe that's why um, Uncle Felix is looking all right. Maybe he was like running the Apple Cartel. And yeah. he, he was just, what vitamins do you get out of apples? Fiber. He's so getting he, a lot of fiber. So he looks looks good. Mm. Nice shiny coat. Yeah, he's not going to get colorectal cancer. I am a little bit worried, and we will talk about her, about young niece Sadie. And so Sarge says, look, I'm worried about him, you know, and I was the adopted one. He just volunteers that information. Yeah. And I felt like, Kate, you love a, you know, you love a bit of um, murder mystery, Agatha Christie mm. sort of stuff. I feel like that they delivered the whole plot, red herrings and all, to us on a platter on Monday and then moved on. That seems to be the new neighbour's way, doesn't it? Mm. Much like Toad Rage's Radical Honesty where they, they don't let any secrets fester. This one was just, yep. Here we go, fade accompli. Ever since flashback week, Melanie oh. opened up the exposition floodgates yeah. and now all you need to do is have a long chat and then everyone fills in the gaps. I yeah. mean, I got a message from Brett Moman this week. Can we drop it in early instead of waiting till the end yeah. of the pod? Okay. What a, what a treat for those that don't normally wait till the end. And don't you don't have any context if you don't know who this man is. This is just a bit of, this is a Brett's, Brett's bit. Hey there, Brett, I see you're looking down. Here's a Kate Stradamus for you. Sadie loses her virginity to her uncle, who's not really her blood relation. Twist! Yeah, so a bit of a flowers in the attic storyline for our young Sadie. And Yuck. there'd be the lovely, you know, oh, we're not really related. Oh, yeah, creepy as fuck, man. Oh. If you have to point out that something's not illegal, then maybe steer clear of it. And even forgetting the illegal factor, just the ick factor mm. of going, even mm. if you didn't, um, if you're not, you're not related, it's like, well, did he see you when you were six years old? Mm-hmm. For all, all intents and purposes, enough. he was an uncle to her. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're besmirching also, his, his good name before he's even been on yeah, the street. Yeah, that's true. But he gave a beer last time they hung out. Oh, classic Uncle Felix. Yeah, mm. that's I didn't. I don't. I don't begrudge him that. Um, no, it's it's wrong. I wouldn't be giving my underage nieces and nephews alcohol. 
No, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to judge him as a character on that action alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think he's the best uncle to have around. So let's move to Sadie for properly now, because this was my highlight. I was delighted. Ladies, what have we learned about young Sadie this week? She's got a chastity ring. <laughs> she hasn't um, explored the um, the full nature of, se- of of her sexuality. She hasn't just punched her V card. Yeah, which I feel she's got cherries. Which is weird. I feel like this was some archaic terminology going around mm-hmm. because in this modern day, there are many ways you can advance sexually. You don't have to have P and V intercourse, you know. There are members of the queer community, LGBTQ+. young people these days are not having sex as early as people of our generation anyway. So it's 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 not uncommon that she could be in what theoretically second year uni. Mm. Mm. So we find this out at... That lame bar, all right. Of course. All right. So Haz and Mac are just constant macking on. Oh, when you take a couple to a pickup joint, mm. go home. But Backlane Bar was on song for me because it was always a bit of a sad place where just two people, like when Ellie's going for a night on the town. But having five people mm. converge and they have missions, Holly wants to get phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she went out and got four, didn't she? In like... Ten minutes. That's impressive. Math. I love it. That is her mother coming yeah. through. I'll just cycle through her pickups, her, her, her potential pickups. A footy player, delisted. Yep. Short king, a rapper, mm-hmm. and a nice guy. Yeah. And Haz is like, what's wrong with the nice guy? And she looks at him with daggers. Mm. Yeah. I know what's wrong with him. You- to be honest, he's the worst prospect of them all. Mm. Yeah. She- so I don't want another you, okay? I didn't even really want you. <laughs> what? Which, which one would you guys go for? Not, none of them are really ringing my bell for me. Kate's in Maybe pain. the delisted footy player because he probably just buggered his knee and he could well be on the path towards being a carpenter at this stage. Mm, yeah, or a physical trainer. He's probably quite fit aside from his buggered knee. Mm. Um, based on my form and my TV husband, Raul Esparza, I will please select the short king. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Oh, and we know CJ would too. Yeah, the oh, short king. Oh, no, I thought you'd go the delisted footballer. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got form in both of those areas. <laughs> no one's gone for that nice guy. <laughs> no. Nor the rapper, to be honest. No. I'm happy for the rapper to be amongst – I'm happy I'm, I'm happy, happy for him to do the book the gig at Back Lane Bar and do the yeah. music. Also, I'd like to point out Holly's got a fair bit of cheek describing anyone as a short king. <laughs> she, yes, would still be, she would still be quite a bit shorter than him. Maybe. Yeah, know. so anyway, but she she didn't rule them out necessarily. She was trying to sift through her options. Yeah. Yeah, so but yeah, I loved I loved Holly getting about it and just getting the numbers. I think she patched them all too. Great. Yeah. Well done, Holly. Good Holly. Um so Holly's like, come on, why aren't you getting I numbers? Mean, it's not very COVID safe. Still we still have to be worried. We still have to be wary about these things. I hope that they all te- did a little rat test on their way out the door. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All the, all the oldies and Irene rising. Oh, what do you mean? Well, um, so we've got a, a family friend who's gone to into a aged care facility now, and when my dad takes baby Harold to go and visit her, well, every visitor that goes in there has to do a rat test. Mm. Mm. 
How are the oldies and the Erinsborough High riffraff going to mix? Oh, there's going to be an outbreak every Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, sometimes you'd hear about like, you know, after the uptake of Viagra that there's like STDs oh, running yeah. right through um, old folks' homes. It'll just be like COVID. Yeah. Temporary. It's like a short-stay hotel at Irene Rising. And mm. sometimes mono. Just whatever young people diseases are <laughs> rolling through. No good. We don't want that slipping through to the high school either. So how long has it been since the Renaissance rejo- rejoined us? September? Yeah, September. This Just last, just last September. Yeah. I think, Six, seven months, right? Yeah, I think we're about 100 episodes in. So seven months in is when Mackenzie and Holly go, oh, hey, friend, Sadie, we've never asked you anything about your personal life. Oh, you're so, here. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm a fairly private person. I, I would be like, why is she even bringing this up to tell them? Um, because they've never asked her a question about herself till now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I... Got, I was. I had a thrill because it's true. She has been very, very pivotal in orchestrating romantic movements in her peer group. She mm. wanted Haz and Mac to get together. She was involved in that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, she was, you know, uh, someone to lean on for Byron about Reese mm-hmm. and Ho Ho about all her ho hijinks. And we had a whisper that she was on the apps last time and she was handing her profile over to Mackenzie to, you know, browse. Yeah. But we didn't get much of a sense of her romantic past. Yeah, and she's she's been on a self discovery with the makeup course and the Napoleon course. Oh, and she's going to meet heaps of straight men there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, she might meet a lot of people who have siblings and friends that she could talk to with any hope. Um, and so, I guess now that she's sorted out what she wants to do and what she doesn't want to do. Also, she had that big moment where you had to figure out whether to be honest or kind. Mm. So she's really exploring herself. And what does she come to the realisation? Who does she want to pursue? Well, let's – the realisation comes to her via ho-ho. So she she says, look, the girls ask her, well, when was the last time you got some action? And she's like, well – Funny you should ask me a question about myself because I haven't ever had any action in that area. Well, she she says I haven't lost it, which is like, is this puberty blues? (laughs) Does anyone still say that? I haven't lost my virgin. I don't know if they do, but I don't blame her for just feeling very awkward about it. Mm. Yeah. This is what I thought. This is where I thought it was going to go. I thought this was going to be the beginnings of an ace storyline, an asexual identity journey because Holly said well you've never talked about sex so I just didn't really ever question it yeah she goes you all assumed that I'd had it before and I thought that that would then go I don't really think about it I don't really care about it it's not part of me I don't want to have it or what you know I thought it was going to go down that avenue and I'm like oh something different but no it's gone the other way which is still interesting yeah she's like whatever 19 20 and exploring her options and she said I just haven't met the person and I want it to be nice and yeah. Cute and whatever. But she's also decided she's sick of waiting. Yes. She's like, you know what? Backlane bar does seem fun when you. Well, backlane bar. You think she's ready for backlane bars? <laughs> well, they do have for Friday night, don't they? Holly sits her down the next day. She's like, look, your little pickle that you're in, I've got a solution. <laughs> and his name is Byron. <laughs> Because he's been very touchy-feely with her in the last couple of weeks. I've, I've noticed they've planted that seed. Yeah, and he was – he like 
rubbed her on the head and said, hey, you're, you're almost a housemate here and gave her a quick hug. Very touchy-feely and calls her Sades, yeah. a little and nickname. He's, he's a very attractive man. And what else do we know about him? He plays instruments. He play, He can play a woman's body oh. like a, a cello or a flute. And I'll tell you what, there could not be a more perfect man for Sadie to have a good time with. And, yeah, that's the conclusion Holly drew. And she said, look, he, he's a professional. Yeah. yeah. He'll know how to look after you. Exactly. But get go, it. go for it. But 100% also, go for it, Sades. Yeah, but also get it free. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. Yeah. Oh, mates, to be honest. No, I'm okay with her paying, but she doesn't mm. want to pay. No, not when you can go, mm. hey. Do a mate a favour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll wash your car for you. Yeah. But Mac comes up with a good. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, the state of the inside of my car, I'm like, would not say no to that offer. <laughs> Could someone clean my car for me? But Mac very intelligently brings up the point, like, he's pretty sensitive about, you know, people using him. Okay. Oh, and... get stuffed, Mac. Nobody <laughs> cares. Don't bring your w- weird views into this. It's it's just very much <laughs> privileged because they're like, oh, what about you, Mac? She's like, oh, you know, I had a really great relationship with Hendrix and then and then Richie, whatever. She's like, I've had great relationships and great sexual relationships and, yeah, I've been lucky. I'm like, apart from the one that died. But, anyway, I've been really lucky. I'm like, let Sadie smash Byron. Yeah. Okay, can we just let it happen? You- Give Sadie a great start in life. <laughs> Because honestly, I, the makeup career, who knows? But no, no I think people are always going to want to look. Um, vanity never goes out of style. I'm, That's going to be a, a, a career forever. You know what I raise here, though? Like, Byron's got to be what, at least 28 or something. Yeah, because he went to law school. Oh, yeah. And, and left law school and had a career. So he's, I would, when he first joined the street, I was thought he was going to be like, yeah, 29 or something. Imagine mm. that sad man at the back lane bar. People mm. would be giving him the side eye going, what's this codger doing here? Yeah. So yeah, um, Ho-Ho's like, why don't you ask Byron to sort you out? And I always thought Byron, would, uh, Holly would have a crush on Byron because they have, they work closely together at last. Right, she'll get there. Don't she'll, worry. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> They've got, uh, they seem to have a little bit of chemistry too. And Sadie, I love how Sadie, the light just turns on in her head. Like, ding, oh, yeah, he would be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I think he would be. I think someone mentioned on the council too because he's just, like, he's not overly bright. Like, it's weird that he went to law school. Yeah, that's really. in- implausible. He yeah. was legally blonde. What, like it's hard? <laughs> yeah, true. But he's just sort of like he doesn't notice that any of this is happening. Like his social IQ, I guess, is down, right? He's very caring. But also so Sadie hatches a plan. Yeah, so Sadie says I need to do um, like a makeup test and I need you to do it. Straight away has, by the way. Because like, it needs to be a man's skin. I need to work with male skin. Yeah, now – Has is like, oh, I'll do it. I love getting pampered. And Mac's like, shut the front door, Has. Firstly, me, I should get out of this conversation. Secondly, you need to get out of this conversation. Thirdly, Has, go have a shower. Also, like he's got. That man, the state of his business and home, that man needs to have a shower, 100%. But also he's got stubble and like she's just learning. So I feel like also having to figure out like facial hair on the, you know, because she was doing makeup all over the face, right? Anyway, I don't know if she's ready for that. But it's just like a a basic look, isn't it? It's not like special effects makeup or anything. And this is the touch I really thought they did so well is that neighbours say 12 years ago they would this would have been played for laughs. Yeah. This would have been like coil. Yeah. 
blue eyeshadow and over the top. And would have been very uncomfortable dressing up like a woman. Yeah, exactly. But this was just very tasteful. Byron's like, yeah, I'll do it, no problem. Sides. Yeah. And, and then he, he quite enjoyed it afterwards. And he he's looked, like, I'll do it again. He had the contouring and he was glowing. Yeah, it just looked like a basic look. Like it wasn't a special effect. Mm. It wasn't like a blue eyeshadow, none of that. And then she goes, okay, well, I'm done. And, um, you know, you can take it off if you want. He's like, no, I've got nowhere to be. He just left it on. And she had some moments looking deep into his eyes while she was applying mascara. Her mum was about at the start, though. Oh, that yeah. That put a dampener on things, yeah. And put the bowl of cherries. Mixed berry combo. Yeah. Which that, she, that was an expensive snack right there. she produced from the living room, question mark, not the kitchen. <laughs> that so is strange. A lukewarm bowl of berries. Was that not washed? Is that what she is, a lukewarm bowl of berries? <laughs> and then he says, I don't do cherries, which, bleh. Yeah. Um, I mean, sorry. Like, who doesn't like cherries? Cherries are the best fruit, the best yeah. stone fruit. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't feel passionately about them either way. <laughs> I was like, that's actually, I'm not that big on any stone fruit. So there we go. Um, Kate has spoken. Kate and Byron are on the same wavelength of snacks. They're okay. So what do you reckon's gone on here? Something now has switched. She couldn't, she couldn't muster up the courage to ask him because a few times she's like, oh, can I ask you a favour? <laughs> yeah. To be honest though, to go from somebody who who's not sexually experienced to asking your friend to sleep with you while you are sober. And while you are four millimetres from their face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that was a stretch to do that, I would say. I mean, more power to her if she can. Great call, CJ. No, they should have introduced this with some drinks in the evening. Mm. But then Sadie loses the courage and then backs out and then I think develops a little spark because she's telling Mac about it afterwards. She's like, couldn't go through with it and his eyes are very lovely. And then he was like, your eyes – You've got better eyes. So he was just reciprocating. I mean, hot person privilege. Yeah. Come on. I mean, we love a slow burn, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, I think, yeah, I think they're definitely going to get together for more than, you know, an exchange of goods. So, and to quote Lucille Bluth, good for her. Yeah. And you know what? Slow, uh, slow burn would have been great on Monday too for the Felix mystery I wonder if he's JJ's dad, this man they've cast to look like him. Here we have it in black and white. Yes, he is. is. I love how it was like, I have a brother, a brother. You have brothers, you have brothers. And then it was like sperm, 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 sperm. Incarceration. (laughs) JJ lookalike. Team Rebecca on Twitter. The Red Power Ranger. That's who this guy is, apparently. He's in his back catalogue. He's known as the Red Power Ranger. Okay. Hasn't been a great week for JJ. Oh, beautiful JJ. He's got full-on PTSD, poor JJ. Yeah. Talk us through it, Kate. What's ha- what's going on? Well, old mate Slade <laughs> still still um, has a grudge against JJ. I know I should know, but why JJ? So um, Slade is from the Erin's Bra gang, yeah. and he graffitied the Drinks Divas van, and JJ <gasps> saw and reported him. Yeah, he marked. No, yeah. yeah, not a great choice. I mean, not, but also like, Jesus, he drew devil horns on a dead person's face. If it makes you feel better, it was actually directed at Melanie, not David. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> um, oh, just, but, yeah. just the poor old lady with osteoporosis. So Dex and JJ were walking home from school down Power Road and then what happens? Oh, they, it was awful. Aaron's bra, Aaron's bra pull up again. And um, Dex just bolts like the coward he is. Sweet little poor thing. No, 
what turd ran off on his Hang brother? Hang on a minute. Fight or flight? Yeah. And the he, animal kingdom. No, that is that's a- his brother who's but- the same size as him. I, I do not believe that one brother would run out off with his brother without his brother. I think he would grab his brother's arm and pull him along or he would stand there. From one not, coward to another. And um, not let his brother have the living shit beaten out of him. You run, Dex. You keep yourself safe. You are a scared guy. Don't worry no, about that's it. that's disgusting behaviour, unbrotherly behaviour. <laughs> it is. Um, also, the, the shit bag came to the school. And like oh, costed yeah. him at his school. Didn't even sign him. God, that's there's a system. Yeah, and when questioned, well, actually, as was it Jane who said to mm. him, "You are not a student." <laughs> <laughs> no shit, mate. You, you'll be like, "Are you a teacher? Are, are you here for a parent-teacher interview, or yeah. are maybe you a parent?" <laughs> maybe he's doing one of those tours that they had last year. Are you a parent of a year nine? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Slade, look. Good on him. He's got the role. It's the role he was born to play. So Slade comes and threatens JJ at the school, wants to rough him up, and then, yeah, afterwards, well, after his brother bolts, he fully – did he kick JJ in the guts? Yeah, he was down and he kicked him while down oh, to oh, the guts. Fucking Dex. It was brutal. That is disgusting behaviour. Also, that guy, Slade. Yeah, mainly the perpetrator of the violence. Yeah, but I don't think JJ would have been lying on the ground if it was the two of them there. I think he would have still been vertical. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're all victims. Yeah, they're all victims. Yeah. I think they're the same. I don't know if they're the same year level. They have a lot of class. They're in a lot of classrooms together. So I also feel that JJ could have run – yeah, he had running as an option available to him. I feel like he's sprightlier than Slade. Yeah, but as you said, he had the, the, the freeze response and Dex yeah. ran off on him. It's actually making me think of a friend of mine who I went to uni with and she had this. She always had great stories about her dad who's like an old rock star. Ooh. Um, anyway, she was getting hassled by some girls when she was in year 11 or 12. And she went to the, the like the arts high school next to Northland just to set a scene for you. Um, anyway, her dad, who is a loose cannon, one might say, he turned up at school one day, parked in the car park, went to the boot of his car, got out an axe handle, oh my God. Oh my God. started beating it against his fist, well, his hand, and going, all right, who's been hassling my daughter? Wow. And I was like, that's what these boys need. <laughs> they need someone who's off their chops, which well, hopefully Felix will bring to this situation. I was about to say Felix could come with his apples and really throw the guy around because Slade hasn't been to the clink yet. He's, yes. he's due yeah, there yeah. though. He's 100%. Due there. Yeah. yeah. I really felt for JJ and he seemed to be in a lot of pain when he was staggering back to school. He did the rest of the school day and he was bruised and battered and then Kara came to check on him because she heard that Slade was – still hassling him and she's also got main character energy about this situation Kara, because she's like this is just like when i had the situation with the the mario builder brothers or whatever they were called and <laughs> the lind balls brothers the lint balls that's right and it's not really like i understand there's some similarities but like that's over now and now we need to worry about how <laughs> your son's getting beaten up in the street and they tied a bow on that plot line Kara. she's yeah. like i did the right thing by lagging and now JJ did the right thing by lagging and we've both been victimised. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he did the right thing. Why not? I think it was foolish. Very foolish. Tell so him. Why don't you think it's the right thing? Because what situation is he in now? He's being menaced 
spy. But at least the fuzz uh, know about this gang and they found – But there's nothing they can do. I mean, Erinsborough High is not a secure place as we've all learnt. Also, yeah, they did say, can you, what can you do about Slade? And they're like, well, nothing. Oh, yeah. Look, um, we've, we've, we've thought of nothing and we're all out of ideas. But Dex says that apparently the cops busted them earlier, like stealing kids' phones and shoes. <gasps> Kate Stradamus <laughs> hits again because – what was he doing last week? He was in the grove of trees graffitiing. And remember, I said last week, <laughs> oh, maybe he stole Kate's shoes mm. when he was there. Yeah. Like maybe he did that when he was younger. That was the start of his life of crime. And then we find out this week, yes, he does have a history of stealing shoes. He's got a penchant. He's got a foot fetish. Yeah, it must have been like 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I reckon that – Get a bit of psychoanalysis on that. Speaking of psychoanalysis, we've been making this sugar connection because he threw the frozen coconut sugar and then the um, the pour- sugar shaker poured the sugar out at the cafe. And now this week, the J- JJ's had a big day. He's had to also go to lunch at Harold's with Nell and Dex, and he caught sight of the red velvet cake mm. and took the knife, the cake knife back to school for a bit of protection. Yeah. But then meanwhile, they're all suspecting Slade and they're like, why would he take a cake knife? Yeah, because <laughs> then, then Curtis finds the knife mm. hidden above the lockers and he's like, all right, school's in lockdown. Which eagle eye, Curtis, well done because that was like a red knife in between the blue backpacks. So it was good, like nice. Something looked amiss and he found it. You know, you want to know Kate's glaring fault with this storyline? Somebody looked at that knife and said, that looks like a commercial knife. And I, I looked at that and said, no, it doesn't. It doesn't in any way look like a knife that would be used in a commercial kitchen. It's colourful. <laughs> it's a novelty knife that would be from a lock of knives that are all different colours. I have when one of the supermarkets released like Jamie Oliver knives and oh, yeah, I yeah. got one of them because it was a cute colour. Mm-hmm. It's yellow. And I was like, beautiful. I need it. It's not great. It's no, like, no. It is not a good knife. You can't sharpen it because the whole thing's red. Yeah, and so it doesn't st- – I still got it because I love it because it's yellow, but it does not look like – it's not in great shape. But the, Sarge, again, very competent police officer on the Erinsborough Police Force, mm. he went down the cafe and said, hey, are you missing a knife? Oh, and Haz goes, yeah, I'm missing my favourite knife. <laughs> um, What's he cutting? Just cake. I don't know, but I actually did find those knives online. How? What? Oh, because they, okay, Googled red knives. It's not that hard. But surely there'd be thousands of red knives. For sale in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Um, can I just say also Haz was complimenting Sarge on his swift police work, going, wow, how have you cracked the case <laughs> of my missing knife? I love how he's like, there's a missing knife at the cafe. I'm straight on it. But the neighbourhood kid who I thought was mine for a bit, he gets beaten up in plain sight on the street. Who looks like my brother who did offer some sperm. Yeah, but he did not that time, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Sarge. He's very much like work is work and home is home. Yeah. that's a <laughs> Except eight, for when there's anthrax. Mm. That's an $8 knife from Kitchen Warehouse. Oh, yeah. $8, mate. That's It's a scan pen. And it's a good deal. It's got a little It's still sh- an $8 knife, even if it's scan pen. It's got a little sheath. Yeah. Um, You're going to buy one, aren't you? You're I'm taken by the colour. The yellow one doesn't need replacing. I missed the part where the knife was stolen. Was the knife on the counter? They didn't show it. It happened off camera. Ah, so okay. it was with the red velvet cake. It matched, has likes to match his cake with his utensils. Um, there was like a big red velvet cake on the counter, open. doesn't even have a cloche Ooh, or anything on it. Flies. Ugh, that cafe. 
you saw JJ clock it and then in the next scene they're at school and he's got it. So we don't see how he put it in his backpack because it would have looked quite clumsy, I guess. Yeah. He's got the big cleaver almost. Speaking of health hazards, have we seen the dog this week? No, the dog's gone now. He's now a, that he's the storyline. He's down the beach. Yeah. Burrs in his coat. Or maybe, maybe has forked out for a doggy daycare. I can't imagine that. No. No. He's out in the dugout. Maybe Mackenzie's shouted him a doggy daycare voucher. <laughs> That's possible. So as soon as Curtis clocks the knife at, in the lockers, what does he do? He calls a lockdown. Yeah. School, which um, about, this is thrilling. I was very excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, great diversion in the day, wouldn't it? Yeah, we once got a bomb threat, which mm. like Slade would have called those in all the time. There was there was many a rumour on whose boyfriend called that in. <gasps> really? Okay, <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. Um, we, yeah, not we mine. <laughs> to, we used to just have fire drills, which was annoying because we actually, if you were, well, our two campuses were separated by a busy road and you actually had to walk over a footbridge to get from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. And if the um, fire drill was called... And our, our second campus was in an office building. You had to climb down from the second level of the office building down the, the fire escape, cross over the major road, then go onto the oval behind the school. Oh, wow. And that would the process of doing that would take up a long time. And if that was during maths, mwah, chef's kiss. Because <laughs> that's what when the bomb threat was called, which why did 13-year-old girls know there was a bomb threat? Why did we know that? Point. What the fuck has happened to Nell since we last saw her? Because it's been a while since we've seen Toadie's kids. But she's turned from sly go-getter Nell to absolute nervous Nelly. Mm. Literal nervous Nelly. She was a mess when she was, she was full wavery. Because Curtis goes, "Go to your classroom, tell the teacher there's a lockdown. See you later." <laughs> Would they not put a notice over the PA or put on a special alarm that there's a lockdown? Some schools don't have PAs. My school didn't. Our school didn't have a PA, CJ, did it? No, but no. there is. I mean, we had, there's a bell, so I feel like there's yeah, the, the mechanism ability to do it. Yeah. yeah, you can just hammer that bell. I, I, I don't. I don't remember. How, I just remember standing on the tennis court. I mean, it is efficient to just say verbally to a human messenger what is what's going down. It's not efficient when there's like I don't know, hundred classrooms in use. True. Well, one cl- thirty people knew, and no one else did. I don't even know if I should say this, but. Uh, recently I heard on social media about a school that had lockdown in Melbourne and they put it on the app. Like we all have like apps now that we – so it said to the parents like the school's on lockdown. <gasps> the Victoria Police have asked for the school to be locked down. I cannot imagine. I used to get those like daycare alerts that said, you know, baby Dr. Carl scraped his knee. <laughs> Can you imagine? But also like this kind of reminds me of the fact like uh, the Taylor Swift concert – a lot of Americans were confused, A, why we didn't have to have clear bags mm. and why there wasn't more car parking mm. around our big oval. About the MCG. Yeah. yeah. The answer was we took public transport or got, got dropped off. Yeah. I mean, even when the overhead footage clearly showed an extremely big rail yard literally beside the, the cricket that ground. Was, that wasn't enough information. That wasn't enough. But also we didn't have clear bags because we don't have guns. Mm. Yeah. Right? So... This is, but can you imagine like a lockdown message on American? Oh, God. It's probably like a whole different oh, thing to oh, hear. Now it's just a blunt knife from Hazards. Yeah, Kara and Remy heard that there was a lockdown and they, they, they didn't even stand up at first. They're like, oh, why? <laughs> Someone's got a weapon. Oh. <laughs> a bad one? 
Like a, a Nerf gun? They were in an anthrax thing only mm. like months ago. I feel like the only lockdowns we had like at primary school would be if there was a dog on the oval, a oh. dog in the school ground. Oh, the best kind. That's that's the, the classic <laughs> Australian school lockdown. Oh, which, another story from my life, baby Dr. Carl has started three-year-old kinder, kindergarten and they offer a bush kinder program which is essentially they go – out to the reserve, outside and nature into the reserve and they do play-based learning in the nature on country and learn a lot about um, there's a lot of um, Aboriginal pedagogy. I was at an information session, can anybody tell? And they've been starting to teach the kids a little bit about the protocols for bush kinder and they do like a lesson a week. And so <laughs> my little three-and-a-half-year-old this week, I go, oh, they've been talking to you about bush kinder? He goes, if you see a dog, you freeze. <laughs> And he, he saw a dog like walking down the street on a lead and he froze. Good on if you see a dog, you freeze. I'm like, great. Yep. He's nailed that concept. I mean, it's a good idea. <laughs> oh. um, so, Sarge is like, well, we know. Why didn't he know it was a knife from Harold's? Well, they, because then they're like, oh, we suspect it was a student who brought it in. That's right. And what Sarge connected the dots because he's an amazing police officer. And he said, Well, let's find out who the last students were at Harold's. And it was Nell, Dex, and JJ. So mm. he's questioned them. And this is when Spicy Nell pipes up. She's like, I'm not going to take the rap for anything I did, eh, Cab? You know, like, <laughs> she didn't want to, she didn't want to cooperate with the cops. Yeah. Um, look, her dad's a lawyer. Mm. Yeah. That's the first thing. Never talk to the cops, yeah. mate. She would have been like, I would like to speak to. Tim Collins, please. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> please get me a good lawyer. I'll, I'll speak to Mackenzie at the very least. Yeah. Mackenzie's representing Has, though, in the stolen knife case. <laughs> then um, the guilt starts eating away at JJ. And firstly, Dex does figure out that his brother is lying, that he's the one that brought it in. And then Poor JJ is so traumatised. I really felt it. I really felt it as yeah. well. Yeah. He's a good little actor, isn't he? Yeah. He was... He's so earnest, like when he was like, I'm overwhelmed with guilt about bringing a knife to school even though I'm being harassed by a and man. That fucking school, letting <laughs> strangers onto the grounds yeah. at any given moment. And just Jane telling them off. Like, yeah. You're I, not a student. She's like, if you don't go, I'll call the police. I'm like, call them anyway, Jane. Yeah, call them right here, right now. Yeah. Because she said, oh, do you, do you know him, JJ? I'm like, He's twice JJ's size, and he he could go he could have gone and get a mortgage, and the bank wouldn't think she twice. She should grab a teacher from the nearest classroom, get them staying there, and like yeah. march him off the grounds. And I was about to say, my school used to go into when I wasn't at school with that. I used to go into lockdown all the time because it was a girls' Catholic school, and we were all very beautiful. <laughs> and um, men used to walk around the campus and they'd put us on lockdown and they'd say over the loudspeaker, there is a man on campus, everybody stay in their classrooms. Get out your prayer books. Yeah, get out your prayer books and (laughs) pray it away. Um, You know, they couldn't stay away. It was beautiful. Um, But but the thing is, is Jane could have done that. No, but she's... Very much. No, we're all out of ideas at this point. Like, <laughs> actually, I drove past the local high school on the way here and I've noticed they've actually put up a humongous wrought iron fence around mm. it, around mm. the entire grounds. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. That'll keep out the stray man. Mm. Good. <laughs> Just pop a padlock on that. So JJ takes himself over to the Rodwells in the evening. He's a mess. He goes, I've got to tell you the truth. It was me. I brought the knife, but I got beat up. Oh, well, you know what I really, really, really wanted? I wanted him to lift up his shirt and show, and to show the most purple 
deep bruise. Could have had Sadie working magic yes. with the purple eyeshadow on that. Because I was really waiting for that shocking reveal, but I'd have to just imagine it. Anyway, I, I can't wait till Uncle Felix meets old mate and it'll, it'll be on. Slade. I reckon Slade could take Felix. No, Felix has learnt some skills okay. in prison. All right. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, wily. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to give him apples. So they've all said to Sarge, well, what can you do? What can you do? about Sarge? He's like, nothing. I can't do anything. What's the point of the police? Nothing. I don't understand why they couldn't just be like, well, we've had somebody complain that you beat them up. Yeah. Like, why do you need evidence? Like, it's like, hmm. it's like oh, I, there were that, no witnesses. I'm like, he's, there were witnesses. And surely that would be grounds for JJ to get a restraining order against him. 100% Which it would, be would then, aside from, then they would have the legal grounds of him being on campus to say, no, you're, you're in big trouble now. Yeah. Anyway, solved some issues for Erinsborough Police right yeah. there. Also, imagine moving from Werribee and you've been in lockdown twice as a family, once because of anthrax, second time because of a knife that your own son brought in after he got beaten up. Wouldn't you just go, all right, we've picked the wrong suburb. And your mum's made friends with a guy, a couple across the street, one of them dies. Yeah, you'd be like, this is bad news, bears. Yeah, and then the cop from the street who you thought was your dad's like, hey, my brother's coming out from prison. And he'd like to live here. And it's like, really? Does this street need more drama? Sh- shall we move on yes. to the street's favourite lovebirds? Who? Oh, God. Oh. Well, what couple name are we going for here? Is well, it is it Palsy or is it Chall? Chall. Chall. That's probably better. I think Chall because <laughs> I don't like it. And Challsy sounds, was it Challsy? Palsy. Palsy. Oh, that's not bad. But I like that too much. Chall. Yeah. Chall makes me, sounds like a noise you make when you throw up yeah and that's how I feel about this um I'm I'm delighted that Chelsea's there and I'm delighted about it um, but I hate it yeah, yeah. are we just going to get through the, the, the elephant in the room here which is Chelsea's fashion choices what is happening what the fuck was she wearing can you who wants to describe that little ensemble um, can I start with the leather hot pants it's still like a kimono vibe like has she lived in Japan I feel is that what's going on? I mean, it feels cultural appropriation at this point, but it is a black vinyl and brown jacquard fabric kimono style wrap. With a like a vest over the top of it? No, no, it's part of it. That's oh. part of it. And it's actually, that's a design feature there That's that kind of projects out. It's very futuristic 80s look. Mm. And, and she was wearing that with black, I think, also vinyl shorts. Shorts. Oof. Yeah. Shorts. <laughs> Very Daryl Hannah. It's it's she does look a bit Daryl Hannah. But I was looking at that and I thought mm, that reminds me a little bit of um, Stefan Dennis's "Don't Make You Feel Good" clip. Popped it together. You can see it. I reckon she's done a bit of upcycling with some old couch cushions. She's and she, you know you know she's got that down at the Sonia Rebecca Foundation clearance aisle. Mm. That is, I'm just gobsmacked. Where did that come from? It's it's the same person who's been buying the wardrobe for Haz and Mac as well. It's the mottled brown collection. Mm. What is that? At one point this week in the Wednesday or Thursday episode, there were about seven characters wearing black. I was never allowed to wear black black as a neighbour's extra. You had to look like it was springtime on Ramsey Street at all times. You had, which in Melbourne you would wear black all the time. I I got thrilled for a moment saying that my mum never let me wear black as a teenager and I'd be like, wow, this is a like a – insight into your psyche but no thank god it was your your just your extra career oh yeah no it was costuming um therese and jane were in black for their big presentation at the school when they were trying to have a meeting with the board the board the education board 
And not even when the board's around does Jane think I should get rid of the local shit bags that are dropping into the school. She was a bit perturbed, but she wasn't in a hurry. Yeah, only worrying about herself. She made them all wear their uniforms properly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. So, um, do you notice how Nell was in her blazer, mm. whereas the guys were in their Letterman jackets? But yeah. also, Nell was in like a cargo pant, blazer and a cargo pant. Yeah. It was yeah. strange. Well, Odd choice. Jane was on a JJ, was it, to tuck in his shirt? I was like, mate. Mate, there's bigger problems. Also, like if you want people to be wearing their fancy uniform, you get them to wear their blazer. Yeah. Nellie looks, Nelly looks top-notch in her blazer. Ta- taking a step further back, this school closed at the end of Term 4 last year. How have they still got so many students? So it was unclear because I couldn't tell if they closed. It was They left it fuzzy. I, it wasn't going to reopen. Yeah, no, it was closed because remember like they had their goodbye session mm-hmm. and Jane did a speech. And, and also Melanie fell down the stairs. Yeah. And oh well that no, that was at the riot, I mean protest. Yeah, so you'd think a lot of people would have transferred out. Yeah. Yeah. And and you'd be like, ah, oh, this this school's got like all manner of problems. Mm. Who knows? It may close next term. Let's just make a fresh start at, at um somewhere else. Yeah, Anson, right, Anson Corners. College. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's next to the bakery. The thing is though. Is Jane said at some point, like, oh, it's the first time the board have come since our, it, she says something along the lines of smaller opening, like we've got less classes than we used to or something. So I feel like it's just kids from Ramsey Street. They're and, and Slade. Me. And Slade. He's going to come no, back. He's, no, he's not a student, we've established. He's a legal adult. You know what he, Slade could do? Mm-hmm. Year 13. <gasps> well, what happened to Year 13? Who was doing it again? Jane. No, no, but the oh, student. Hendo. Hendo. Oh, and many yeah. died, so. And the guy that did textiles. Mm. <laughs> what was his name? It was an odd choice, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, I brought back Bloody Lusicus and the mechanics class. Well, you know who's going into the education profession? Oh, Jesus. We'll get yeah. to that. Anyway. Chall. Anyway. Go get back into to Chall. Chall. Um, Chelsea's is still scheming this week. She's pretty jealous of Tarage hanging around offering Paul support. She keeps deleting emails, SMSs. And um, Tarage actually raised this issue mm. with Paul saying, hey, you didn't respond to my text last week. Yeah, are you okay? And he straight away jumped on the phone going, oh, I would not, oh. I would not have ignored that message. No, no. Chelsea's decided to get onto Paul's computer and search for his will. And when she actually searched for will, I took a screenshot. You know what was great though first is she got the idea because um, Toadie talks about David's will to Leo. Oh, yeah, the reading of the will because that's a thing. It's not a thing. No, it's not a thing. They don't do that. It's an Agatha Christie plot point. Oh, okay. It's not an actual thing. They and don't a, sit down in a drawing room together. And a Taylor Swift music video. Saying, a new Vayapashos receive one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> she hears will and goes, oh, that gives me a, an idea to Put that into a search engine. Mm. Well, she just searches his computer um, and when he, she searches for Will, first thing that comes up, contacts to raise Willis. Mm. Definition, Will, from the Oxford English Dictionary, expressing the future tense. Um, documents, Lassiter's Commercial Lease Arrangements, 2023. Syncast Corp Terms and Conditions pages. I want to know more about that. Uh, spreadsheets, Lassiter's Profit Projections, 2023. So soft copies didn't work for her. So she actually found a manila folder with Paul's will written in texture on the outside. Fantastic. Love a bit of, bit of manila folder action. Remember the red mm. folder of yore? Yeah. Um, it, it is very on brand of Paul to print it up. In here. 
He went through it by the birth order of his children. And then he just ran out of puff at some point with the grandkids. He stopped and, ne- and nephews and stuff. He just stopped. What about Jimmy? Oh, no, Jimmy's, Jimmy's good. No, no, no. We'll get that. So to my son, Leo Tanaka, I leave my father's compendium, which is, again, I swear I only ever hear the word compendium in reference to Jim Robinson's compendium. Mm-hmm. Something, does he, but does he also get Lasseter's or just the compendium? And something collection. Oh, okay. He also receives 15 equal shares of my residuary estate. Mm-hmm. To my son, David Tanaka, I leave my houseboat, my watch, and 15 um, equal shares of my residuary estate. Did we all forget that he had a houseboat? I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I mean, it's not an actual – it's a boat that you can sleep in. I don't think it's a houseboat. It's, you, you're not, you don't have it up on um, what's it? On a, Lake, on, Lake Yeldon or yeah, something. On the, on a bar, yeah, on, on a barge. Yeah, on the Murray. On the Murray, yeah. So they've actually got some decent things. He's got, yeah, David, you, David got the watch, but the houseboat. Did you see Amy? Yeah, yeah, Amy. Yeah. It's the worst one of them all. I leave my collection of cold chisel records. She's going to love it. And she also receives 15 equal shares of my residuary estate. To my daughter, Lucinda L. Robinson, I leave my full and entire investment in Robinson Heights and 15 equal shares, blah, blah. To my son, Andrew, I leave my signet ring and my full entire Investment in Robinson Pines. I can't believe he's giving the non-contributing zero all that. Mm. No, no, that was oh, that Daniel. Was Daniel. Sorry, yeah, my yeah. bad, my He bad. also gets 15 equal shares. To my ex-wife, Therese Willis, I leave my full and entire investment in Lassiter's Erinsborough, oh. my wedding band, and our wedding photo album. Oh. Oh. She will also receive 15 equal shares of my residuary estate. If, if you were, I would be fucking ropeable as one of his kids that the hotel was going to his ex-wife, who's now remarried. I'd be like, no, nah, redraw this will. That's pretty funny. Um, so CJ, what do you reckon about this so far? Well, because he has called her an ex-wife. Yeah. So this will that doesn't it, need it, to be redone, he said. But it does because David's in the, in the will. <laughs> no, nah, because it, um, it just who gets David's estate gets David's. Like it goes like that. David's 15% goes to his daughter. Okay. So, and then to my granddaughter, Harlow, I leave my book collection and 10 equal shares of my residuary estate. And to my grandson, Jimmy Williams, I leave my favourite chess set and telescope. Now, (laughs) I actually think, I think Harlow got ripped off because Harlow is the child of one of the twins. And what most grandparents do is that they give... Triplets, but anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, triplets. Yeah, um... What ethical grandparents would do, they would actually just give that entire share to the yeah. off- offspring. Right. Like David's child mm. and Aaron. But note that the little Isla and Abby didn't get a mention in there. So he's obviously run out of keepsakes. You would think that maybe he might have some jewellery of. Unless, did the page cut off Isla and Abby? I mean, it's the end of the page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe we went over page. I mean, maybe. Maybe. maybe yeah. um, I, I would have thought that he would leave. Um, Maybe a trust fund for car? their for their education. Maybe a car. Yeah. Oh, Gives those away. Eighty nine laser. I noticed the leather jacket's not on there because Chelsea's wearing it. No, yeah. I'm I'm less thinking. Maybe, maybe the residuals from don't make you feel good. I kept thinking when you said residuals. I kept thinking about that. Can someone talk about how Chelsea and keeps calling him babe and running him bath? Oh God. Can- yeah. Well, so Chelsea, she's. Mothering him would probably be the best way of putting it. Oh. She runs him a bath. Actually, she handed him the bath salts and made him turn the taps on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I don't 
think a man who is missing part of his leg should be using bath salts. Like it can make the yeah. bath quite slippery. Yeah, well, I mean. It's, it's, That's probably it, her end game. Irrigation, you know. But also, like, I don't think men of his age get in a bath. No. Like maybe, be, maybe they did. Might be day drinking with a nice cold beer. Unless there's a naked woman in it as well. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for those purposes. <laughs> but, like, not for self-care. No. But, um, yeah, Chelsea is pretty shut off because Tarage and Krista have worked out that Chelsea's put that cheap-ass perfume in every room at Lasseter's. And Paul, even though he is devastated and mm. not really coping, he says, oh, is this my payment to you for you looking after me? Like I was waiting for this mm. to happen. I thought I thought I was, you know, giving you enough payment in the sheets, <laughs> but, but apparently not. Um, so she has got Paul to sign over that she's the... Acting manager. Yeah. Which I reckon Krista could have shut that down in four minutes. Yeah, rang up bloody Lucy and said, what the hell's going on? Because she said, oh, I don't want to involve Reese. Don't involve Reese. Lucy. Yeah, Lucy is holds all the strings. Yeah. When are we going to – I want her back. Lucy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Lucy could have come out and just, like, stayed. Well, when they always get Chloe on secondment. Well, Chloe's on her honeymoon. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You know how she, she could come out from, like, whatever scenario she was in before, but not now that David's dead. Do you know who could have come down? Madison Robinson from Gold Coast Lasseter. Oh, my gosh. She's probably got so much experience now. <laughs> could have had Nina Tucker back. She doesn't have managerial experience in a hotel, oh, whereas Madison probably has worked her way up. I don't understand why Therese couldn't manage it for a bit. Oh, look, she's managing the, the work site at Irene Rising. Well, she's got her own job and business. She's not a person for a work Also, site. she's got a husband who's very jealous of Paul. Good. He no. should be. Anyway, Tarage cracks it at Chelsea. Mm. Chelsea's like, right. She's a vulnerable. You're on my shit list now. She, Even more. She, she Tarage's out. She, he's a vulnerable man. You're yeah. taking advantage. And Paul thinks she's got moxie for putting the perfume in the thing. But also now he's it's a subject of town gossip. Because you've got Remy and all them behind the bar. Um, and they tell Aaron. So Aaron comes back after his grief drive mm. and Krista's like, so here's what's been going on. Krista's put all the perfume and I just felt like Aaron would have been like, is this, a, is this real? Is this a real conversation? But Aaron, Aaron and Leo are, are like, yeah, great, great. She's ripping him off. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. I thought Nicolette's reception of Aaron when he came home was – just a tad frostier than it needed to be for just someone who lost his loved one. But he, so he comes home and she's like, where have you been? I have been looking after our daughter all by myself. I'm like, okay, your thoughts are valid, Nicolette, very valid. He doesn't probably need, he probably doesn't need to hear them this loudly and this harshly from you and when he's still clearly in pain. And also he wants to go in and hug his daughter and she's like, no. I just got her to sleep. Also, she's four and this was during the time of the Erinsborough siege, which was during school hours. So, mate. They said she was napping, yeah. Mate, she's pretty old to be having a day nap. And they tried to they tried to shrug it off like, oh, she's been sleeping really badly oh, at what, night. Oh, she's been sleeping badly at night. She's having a fucking day nap. <laughs> Come yeah, on. Nightmare. Put it together, people. <laughs> Nicolette. This all culminates in I don't know why there's works being done in the foyer and I don't know why Kara's not overseeing them, but anyway – there's work's being done in the foyer and Tarage comes out to hang out by Josh's plaque. Um, that Which she's been doing a lot. She's been doing a lot of mournful, you know, thinking in yeah. front of that plaque. Gr- grief, sun, dead son bonding. Mm. She's triggered. Yeah. And 
what's her name? Sleeves. Chelsea. Chelsea. Kimono sleeves sees the plaque and puts it in a bag of garbage that the tradie's going to throw out. That is awful. It's cold. Isn't that going to have the opposite effect? Because if you destroy the memorial of her son, she's going to, Paul's going to, she's going to run straight to Paul with that. Yeah. Speaking of plaques, yeah, it reminds me of a few years ago when my I discovered my grandfather's plaque in front of his ashes had been stolen by thieves who were there stealing scrap metal. So maybe it could have just been plausibly a scrap metal thief who stole it. It could have been. That, sounds, been that sounds right out of Slade's playbook. That was like, it was incredibly horrendous. I can't believe. People, people, people are no good. Um, should we do? Is that everything? Did anything? Did anything else happen? I think we've wrapped it up. Hmm. Citizen or citizen of the week? I've got it again. Chelsea. Chelsea. Citizen. citizen. Just like I said, I'm delighted she's here. I like her and Paul as a power couple, but also I hate it so oh, much. Not even, it doesn't even seem like they're a couple because she's in a couple. Yeah, she calls him babe. Yeah. He's barely sentient. Yeah, yeah. Is KG over Citizen or Citizen yet? Oh, look, I'll give Citizen to Byron for being just a patient model for Sadie. And I'm going to give Citizen to Sadie just for mustering up the courage to almost ask. Yeah. Almost but not quite. A pretty boy for a roll in the hay. Good on you, Sadie. Oh, hang on, sir. I've got a Citizen. Oh, okay. I've been talking about it all night. Fucking Dex. What a piece of shit, brother, you are. In the bin. But also, um, no. on paper. No, 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 that was a dog act. On paper, Slade is the ultimate citizen, Definitely. obviously, like legally, legal citizen. That is the perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are going to finish now because it's the end but um, and talk, <laughs> talk about Neighbours next week again. But head to, head to patreon.com slash neighbourspod because we do little extra excerpts of um, – we are agony aunts without the agony. We do little um, – we'll do a little advice chat. In Pod Squad group chat, we talk to you about your little life pickles. So send them in, neighbourspod at gmail.com. No um, dilemma. Too trivial for no. us to um, discuss. Not at yep. all. And we're on the socials, CJ. CJ, the hot mess mum on um, Instagram and TikTok. And also my mum's going to appear on the um, Patreon. So if anyone's ever wanted to hear CJ plus 31 years, now's your chance. Oh, my God. She's amazing. We actually have to get her on the pod proper. Well, she's a home and away. Well, she looked at me and refused when I suggested it. But that's that's not stopped me before. It's true. That's true. <laughs> Plus, you've had people on that have not watched the episodes. <laughs> Kate, where do you hang out? I'm Remude on um, Twitter and at the moment I'm probably live tweeting once a week. I'm Vase, mainly on Instagram and on Facebook, Neighbours Council, where um, wonderful Craig has just closed the first bracket of voting against uh, char- pitting characters against each other. New bracket about to open. So jump on our Facebook group if you want your voice heard. That is such an entertaining thing to do every day. It's, it's like Wordle. I feel like oh, I've done Wordle. I've done um, Connections. I've voted in Craig's poll. And, yeah, oh, that's con- my morning. Con- connections was a bit tricky today. This is the end. This is the end. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hey, Britt. Fucking Philippa, the woman we never met who died before we met her, is again bringing up another plotline. Don't blame me, blame Brett. 
Is one of the hyphen lesbians wearing a suede puffer jacket by any chance? What is this fashion? Don't blame me, blame me. Therese just at the beach staring in the water wishing she was D.